If you'd open your Bibles with me tonight to First Peter. First Peter chapter two. And we'll start with verse three. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed of by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer, spirit, offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God, through Jesus Christ. Martin Luther said, All Christians are altogether priests, and let it be anathema to assert there is any other priest than they who are Christian, for it will be asserted without the word of God. Spiritual priesthood. That's what we are. Think of it. We're a spiritual priesthood. And a spiritual priesthood, and we worship in a spiritual temple that is made of spiritual rocks. And we offer up spiritual sacrifices. Now, as I was contemplating what I wanted to talk about tonight... I, uh, I had it all ready, and I had it in my mind, and then I turned on the radio this afternoon, the WMHR, and I uh, can't think of his name, uh, but the speaker was talking on this very thing about, uh, but he, he went on and off into talking about praise. But he used this very scripture, and I said, Lord, thank you. You know, God is always so good to to uh, give you assurance that what, what you have on your heart is really from God, you know. And there's three things here in the Bible that I found that are spiritual sacrifices. The first one is our body. And that's in Romans 12 and verse 1. Most of you could probably quote it. I'll read it anyway. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It may be more difficult for us to live for God than it would be to die for God. Think about it a minute. The most, the place that you have the most problem in living for God is where? In your home. In your home. I think that this is the place where you let your hair down. Uh, what are you laughing at? I, just because I don't have any hair to let down? 
But it's in our home. <laughs> it's in our home where we tend to be ourselves. But shouldn't we be ourselves all the time? Are we saying that we're a little bit hypocritical except at home? Jesus said that uh, in Matthew 10 and verse 35, he said that a, a man's worst, well, verse 36, I'll read them both for you. For I have not come to set a man, I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against his mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes will be those of his own household. You know, God knew what your personality was going to be. He knew what your temperament is. And he has put you in the exact family where you can be molded into the image of Christ. And if, it's, if you're being rubbed the wrong way occasionally, it's because God knew where you needed sanding a little bit. And he put you in the exact location where you can be rubbed and polished and finished to become like Jesus. And it seems like in our home is the hardest place to be a Christian. Then the second place that's hardest to be a Christian is on the job or in the school. It's easy to be a Christian in church. But it's hard to be a Christian when everyone else is not. You may be the only light in your classroom. And Jesus knew that you were going to be there and he expects you to be that light in a dark place. And it's a sacrifice. You're going to have to not care quite so much about yourself. The reason we don't, we don't witness is because we're afraid of people's reactions. In other words, I don't want to be hurt, my feelings. I don't want them hurt. Therefore, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. That way no one will say anything to me. And then I won't get hurt. We are to be a living sacrifice. And so you need to live for Jesus Christ. Like I say, it would almost be easier to die for him. That way somebody just nail you to a cross and or set a fire to you or something else and it would be over with. But this goes on year after year after year. You've got to be 
able to put yourself aside that Jesus might be able to be you, uh, use you as a vessel. And that's hard. A living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. And he says it's your reasonable service. We're to be this living sacrifice at all times, in all places. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 31. <clears throat> it says, Whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. That means if I'm sitting in a restaurant, I should be eating in such a way that people would know that I belong to God. But when I sit down there and I partake of my food without even praying over it, people don't see any difference in me than anyone else. And so most of us in a restaurant were, Lord bless the food. Say it so that they can hear you. Don't be ashamed to pray to, to, to God. Don't be afraid to be seen praying. People need to see Jesus. Robert Arlington, a leader of the Cambridge graduate, uh, or, uh, he was a Cambridge graduate, lived in a single room, and he cooked his own meals, and he gave missions 500,000 pounds. Now, I don't know how all that comes out in American money, but it's quite a sum. And I... He gave it on the conditions that they would spend it on pioneer work within 25 years. And he wrote these words. He said, gladly, I would make the floor my bed, a box my chair, and another box my table, rather than men should perish for want of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He was willing to give up all luxuries. That's a living sacrifice. He was dedicated. He said, I would rather eat off a, a sleep on the floor and eat off a, off a soapbox, you know? Rather than have men perish without the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Are we that dedicated? Are we that sold out for Jesus? That's what spiritual priests are supposed to do. They're supposed to offer up spiritual sacrifices. And the first thing that we need to offer up is ourselves. The second thing is found in Hebrews 13. 
you want to turn there, Hebrews 13. And verse 15. <clears throat> we're not only to offer our body, but we're to offer our praise. It says, therefore, by him let us continually offer, I like that, continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Not sometimes, continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of your lips, giving thanks to his name. We're to continually praise God. How many of you realize the power there is in praise? Uh, a few years ago here, I think it was Merlin Carruthers came out with a couple of books on praise and people began to praise God in the, in the uh, charismatic movement that was going on at that time and, and we began to see things happen. I believe there's power in praise. He says he inhabits the praises of his people. And I believe that when a church begins to praise and when uh, individuals begin to praise, then we see things happening, happening. We're to praise the Lord at all times. His praise should continually be in my mouth. Amen? Continually be in my mouth. We're to praise not only God at all times, we're to praise him for all things. All things. <laughs> James 1 is one that always gets to me. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. How many of you read that and it just kind of, you know, you say, Hey, come on. Count it all joy. Oh, God, I found you another trial. I, I can't act that way. But we're, we're, to, we're to not praise God for the trial, but praise God that he's still interested, still working with us. And it's in these trials that he's working on our faith. Praise God, he's working on my faith again. And he said he'll not allow any trial to come upon you but that which is common to man and with it he'll give you the means of escape. Right? So no matter what trial you fall into, he's already provided the way out. You have a chance to see God move. That's why you should show joy. Psalm 34, 1 says, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And I just, just quoted that without even realizing. But so many times we get to complaining. We complain about this. When we complain about that, I got to get up early. I got to go to bed early. I don't have enough money. I don't have this. I don't have that. 
I'm not pointing the finger out at you. I'm pointing the finger at myself. My wife is always getting on me about my negative attitude. And you need to keep a positive attitude. I need to keep a positive attitude. We need to see that God is the answer to all of our problems. Hallelujah. Praise God for all things. Because he's the answer. And you need to praise him whether you feel like it or not. Sometimes it's a real sacrifice to praise God. Do you know that? Alice, when you were feeling sick last night, it was probably a sacrifice to praise God right at that moment. You didn't? Oh, Alice! But that's what it says. You were going through a trial, right? Praise him afterwards, all right. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> we, need to, we need to praise God whether we feel like it or not. And sometimes you just plain don't feel like praising God. You don't feel like doing anything. There was a time here a couple of weeks ago when I was sick. It was an effort to, to just move around. You don't feel like praising God at those times, but that's what it says. We're to praise the Lord at all times. Hallelujah. I'll give you time after uh, in a minute. All right. And last of all, the, the third place, we're, we're to praise him through our, our good works and our good deeds and our sharing. And that's in verse 16 here of uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 13. But do not forget to do good and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Sometimes it's a sacrifice to get up and to go over and to help someone else out. It may have been a sacrifice to for someone to, to go over and, and take out of their time and, and maybe take Charlie to the, to the hospital or run him here or run him there or just go visit him. Or, but these are sacrifices that are well-pleasing unto God. And I think that it's one of the things that this church uh, is really beginning to move into. They're not doing it for self-glorification. They're doing it because they're doing it as on to the Lord. And as we move into this area, God is well pleased, it says. This is a sacrifice that God's well pleased with. You know, he was well pleased with that woman who only had two little mites. It wasn't the amount... It was the heart's attitude. And God looks upon our heart. Man looks on the outward appearance. And sometimes it's a sacrifice 
you've got to go out of your way to uh, sometimes the phone rings and you're in the middle of all you know what I'm talking about George you're in the middle of everything and someone wants to yak for a while and you've got to comfort them over the phone or uh, you know what I'm saying it's a sacrifice to give of your time but this is a sacrifice that's well-pleasing unto God. You may, it may take a little of your time to, some of you women are, are moving in this area where someone's sick and so you take a meal over to them. And it took time for you to cook that meal. And it's a sacrifice. You had to, you had to put something aside that you wanted to do so that you could take a meal to this person that was in need. And God's well pleased with that. You see, you're not doing it to try to earn your salvation. You're doing it because you want to please God. You, you just want to do something on, for someone. We, uh, we read about over in, in uh, Matthew 25 about the dividing of the sheep, sheep and the goats. And, and it talks about, as much as you did it unto one of these, the least of my brethren, you've done it unto me. And so, whatever you're doing for someone else, even if it means sacrificing of your time, your talents, your, your, your treasures, whatever, you're doing it for God. And he's well pleased with these kind of sacrifices. Because you're not, you're not going to gain anything by it. I mean, it's a completely selfless act. You're not gaining anything by it. And so we need to do it with that kind of an attitude. Now, we took the box back there. And uh, it had... Uh, they had quite a bit of food in it, but I just, the person that I wanted, wanted to bless with this, as I told you, his wife's been going through cancer treatments, and they've had other problems financially. And so we as a church, we wrote out a, a check and put in along with it and took it to him. When, when alms giving, you don't count the cost. It says, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. And it might be a sacrifice. But who are you doing it for? That's the key. Who are you doing it for? And we are priests, and we've got a spiritual temple. And we're, we've got spiritual sacrifices we have to offer up to God. And let us never stop offering up these sacrifices. Thanksgiving. Offer up thanksgiving. Offer up praise. But most of all, offer yourself. Because you, the other two really 
are meaningless until you've offered yourself. Because that's what he really wants anyway. He wants your heart. He wants your soul. He wants it. Wants you just the way you are. And then he'll change you. Hallelujah. Alice, you had something you wanted to add there.